Welcome to episode 316 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 316 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good, and you? It's pretty dark. We must be in just about the shortest day right now, wouldn't we? That's good. That's good to get past that shortest day. Yeah, I think two days from now is the shortest day. 20, 20th? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it must be 21st, 20th, 21st, 20th, 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 20th. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. You Americans and you Northern Hemisphere people, longest day. It's all downhill for you guys now. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 Oh, I hate short days. But anyway, we're heading on the downward spiral, John. We are. I'm talking is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Just that. Oh, Father's Day. I wonder if people got for Father's Day. Let's hope so. Yeah, you better. Athlinks.com. Even for your own father, you just do it for yourself. Kiwis. I think it's November, the s- sometime in November. Did we check it out last week or September? September, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, athlinks.com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes. In it. <clears throat> Extreme endurance. Uh, your lactic buffer that just makes you a legend. Mm. See, it's even guaranteed on the bottles. This will make you a legend. There you go. It may not be. I'm not, I'm not confirming. <laughs> There's a chance it might not be, but it might be as well. So you if go. you buy it, you'll figure that out. Anyway, this week's show, what have we got happening? We've got, we've got a news. We've got a bit of an age group for the week happening. We've got an interview, John. Yes, with Inigo uh, Samalan. We tried to do it last week, but we had a few Skyperunioo issues. Um, but we should have it all jacked up. We're doing it in about one hour's time. It's all good in the hood. And then we also have some questions and answers at the end. We've also got the nicknames. Yes, we need. To, we're supposed to do them last week. Good. Yeah. Good. Got them done. We've got yep, a couple of funny ones in there. Good. Like them. Yep. <laughs> nice. I'm <laughs> laughing already. Uh, news is probably brought to you by SLS Try. So last weekend we had I'm in Regensburg happening. And uh, well, last week we talked about how he'd never won a race before. And now he is. But, but, wait, there could be scandal here, Bevan. Oh, really? Because I went on to the uh, athlete tracking and I'm wondering if the results that they uh, released are incorrect because athlete tracking is telling us that Fabrizio Tironi from Italy swam a 106, he biked 5.37 and then he ran 59 minutes. Well, in that case, obviously he's the winner. For a 7.50, so he broke the eight-hour mark. He actually broke the world record for marathons as well. Exactly. Man, this guy's a legend. Impressive. Back to what we think was the actual winner. No, it it, it can't be. Nice run this morning, Joe. It was gr- a bit foggy. We're above the fog up here, Bevan. Yeah, we're above been, the fog. I'm well over the fog. <laughs> um, but anyway, on the, on the guys' side of things, uh, it was great to see Dirk Bockel coming through with a good, patient race to take it out. Look, uh, it's his first ever win. Yeah. Like, great athlete and it's amazing results. But he's kind of done some key races where it's good competition. But to get that win... He hasn't really had a bad Ironman yet. No. So um, very impressive. So 45 minutes swim. So pretty fast swimming over there. Uh, rode 4.31 and ran 2.51 for an 8.11.59. So pretty pretty nice sort of time. Michael Raylert was actually leading out of the swim. He swam 41, 45.01. Uh, and apparently he uh, on the bike, he surged ahead quite nicely. And he... Um, Initially had about a, a three, two to three minute lead over Dirk Bockel and, and another guy. And then Bockel managed to turn that around to, to by the end to being a, four, a three to four minute lead for himself. So he basically wow. had turned it around seven minutes or so. Now, I don't know much about Ray Lurt's ability as in strength and weaknesses as an athlete. Like obviously he's pretty good overall looking at this result. But is he, does he have one area that really stands out? 
oh, he's pretty awesome at all three. Yeah, he really <laughs> you is. Know, he's dominated 70.3 races by riding off the front. And when it comes to a running race, he's able to, he's pretty much able to win from any position. So he is, he's pretty good across the board and, and it's, you know, he's lead out of the swim as well. So whilst you've got to say, I think he's capable of uh, going really, really fast, still, it's a pretty good first up Ironman at 8.18. Um, yeah. I guess the one thing for him in terms of his rankings that um, it's a low ranking points ranking race. So I think I looked up, he'll only get like 880 points for that because it was a thousand point race. Yep. So he'll, he'll have to keep an eye on his points in terms of making sure that he can, does qualify. But will he be able to get enough 70.3 races in? Well, he's already got three in there. So at the moment he's ranked 18th. Um, oh, so he's, he's pretty so, close, so, he? so 3,800 points on last year, based on last year, that should be enough. Um, but there's quite a few Ironmans coming up, and, and my gut feeling is that people are going to need a few more points than last year. So, um, yeah, I think he's. I mean, he's, he's he's ranked nicely, but we've still got a lot of Ironman racing to come. So yeah, but I don't think he's probably do another Ironman to get the points. You know, based on last year, you know, he could probably pop out a couple of 70.3s. Well, he's got three count. Now, you can only have three counting 70.3s. He's got oh, one, which is a, he's got a 1,500-point 70.3, which is the top level outside of the, the, the world champs. He's got a 750, which probably means he won that race. And then he's got a 700, which means he probably either got first or second at that race as well. So... 3,800 points. We'll see. I think it'll be. I think it'll be enough. But um, it's just going to be interesting to see what sort of a change in the second year the points system has, and whether people have started to try to stack their can, points. Can a bit you more. remember what the cutoff was? Well, when we spoke to Andrew. Maybe I think it was Dirk Bockel, I think, actually. Okay, yep. I think he was saying sort of about the 3,500 points was enough to get people in last year. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll see. So it's Because uh, you wouldn't want to do another Ironman... Again before Kona now, would you? No. If you've no. Already, if you did if you race this weekend, if you're racing these next kind of few weeks, you don't want to have to pop out another one, you know, in August. Not at all. So uh, so let's see. He's obviously you've got to do one Iron Man. He's done it, and um, yeah, hey, maybe it would have been better if he'd gone and done a, a higher point scoring race. We'll live and learn. We'll live and learn, John. Well, uh, the girls side of things though as well. Oh, um, do you see? This is actually good, John. What? We've got the overall rankings and the results. Uh, I'm not online, so. Oh, so in the okay, so John, we often give Iron Man a bit of a hard time about the websites. Yes. Oh no, I've got it wrong. No, no, actually, we've got. I have got it here in front of me. We've got a bit of love to the first age grouper, um, who I'm pretty sure was in eighth place overall. Philip Mock from Germany swam 59, rode 4:42, and ran 3:05 for an 8:52. Be first age grouper overall. Very nice. We said, did we say it wasn't a very strong female field? Yes, we did. Because last, uh, when we looked last year, I believe there was only one or two pro women entered. So on the girls' side of things, Heidi Cessna. Last week, you mean? Last week, yep. Heidi Cessna took it out. She swam 53, rode 5.16, ran 3.29 for a 9.43. When you compare that to the guys' um, results, you know, uh, Dirk Bockel did 8, what did I say, 8.11, I think it yeah, was. Like that, yeah. um, an hour and... Well, she got 87th overall. Yeah. When normally the top chicks will probably get closer to top, top 20, yeah. top 30 maybe. When a real good chick will get down to top 10. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they all win. Yeah. Uh, so normally, if it's more than an hour, you're saying, "Hey, either the um, you know, maybe the, the standard is not quite there, and for it to be an hour twenty to an hour thirty behind, um, she might have had a fantastic race." I'm not saying anything about yeah, her performance. Yeah, good. But, she won an Ironman, but, but in it, terms of the standard, yeah. um, not quite there. So she won in, in nine forty three, second, um, and I think would have been first age grouper was Nicole Bretting in nine fifty, and third was Maria 
Lemesiva from Russia in 952. Okay, I'm going to my show notes. Um, this is coming up this weekend. We've got Iron Man Corla. Oh, no, actually, there's a new Iron Man on the circuit, Bevan. Yeah, on 22nd of December 2013, John. Or, or September, be? maybe. Oh, and September. They haven't got twice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be at Lake Tahoe. Oh. Which is uh, it looks beautiful place to race, uh, but what first came into my mind um, when I heard Lake Tahoe is Lake Tahoe is a ski resort and something, and ski resorts at a fairly high altitude. Uh, and but so that's cool, is it? Out. Well, so you're basically racing at sixty five hundred feet, wow. um, which is it's a little bit, just a little bit under two thousand meters elevation. So my recommendation to people, if you're looking at doing this race, is uh, Consider how well you'll go at, go at altitude because that is that's pretty high. You know, if you're somebody that lives at Boulder or you live at, live at high altitudes, not so much of a problem. But if you're going from zero to two thousand meters to race without um, any adaptation, that's going to be pretty challenging. This, it's just for people that, the, for the people that don't know much about it. What will be the effects? Uh, you'll be short of breath um, on the bike. You'll actually be going quicker um, because there's less resistance. So yep. You actually ride quite a bit quicker. But the main thing is, is it shortness. Yeah, at two thousand meters, I've never trained in altitude. Yeah, at two thousand meters, it's it's uh, it's certainly noticeable. Um, it, w- it won't be a problem on the really on the bike. Uh, you do just have to be a bit careful of, of hydration. But it looks like the bike course is, is really tough, as you'd expect if it's it's up yeah. in the mountains. Um, but I think that that's going to be an issue, and potentially the, the temperature of the lake could be an issue at that time of the year as well. Uh, so looks fantastic. Looks like a wicked place to have a race. I'm just a little bit circumspect about a the temperature of the lake and b racing at altitude for people that aren't, um, don't have any experience of that. Okay. Hopefully they've done their P's there and it's all going to be marvellous and everybody's going to have a fantastic time. Well, Albert, I think, will be racing this weekend because he traditionally does do Ironman Coeur d'Alene and Coeur d'Alene is on this weekend and it's got a pretty good male field. He did, but he did... Uh, yeah. Um, that the one for the win, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Texas? No, it was um, St George. I think yeah, I called, we I it, called Texas. it Texas. <laughs> I don't think it was Texas. I made I made a mistake. I made a mistake, people. No, he thought it was Texas. Yes, so Ironman Coeur d'Alene coming up this weekend. Not, not a bad male field here. Mm. And uh, so you got, um, the, according to Tri Ratings, you got Victor Zemensev, who is ranked uh, the highest with an expected time of 8.37. He's ranked 36 on those rankings. This is where, obviously, uh, having a bad race does not help your you know, your average time and how Torsten does his ratings because Timothy O'Donnell only has two Ironman results to his name. He had a fantastic first up race um, in Texas. Wasn't it? Texas. Yeah. Uh, I'll pull that up in just a second. But then his second race um, in, well, I think he DNF'd in Kona and then his second race he uh, had earlier this year in Texas, he he blew out and only finished in 28th place. So that's blown his time out out of the water. But he's ranked second. You'd expect him be to, be, really. to, to be the favourite, uh, along with Chris Lieto, Victor Zemensev, great athlete, but I think if those two are on form, um, he may, may well struggle against him. But having said that, he finished third in Arizona in 2011. He had a win in Canada in 2010. He had a win in Louisville in 2009. He had a win in Coeur d'Alene on this course in 2007 and again in 2005. So he's been around for quite a while. Um, I love this stuff, Torsten. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I can sound like I know a lot more than yeah, I really exactly. do. <laughs> um, so he's a good, strong athlete. Timothy O'Donnell, uh, you know, you'd expect him to, well, he needs to front up to get some, some ranking points. And oh, is he struggling? I don't think he's super high, um, but he—I uh, haven't got that in front of me. He had some good results. Was it was it in a non-Ironman race? Because uh, I remember earlier this year he had a good result. 
Just, just hold on there, Bevan. Just, uh, just tell us something about well, Chris. Chris got, tell us something about Chris Liado. Chris Liado is a great guy. He, uh, he hasn't actually done any Ironmans of note since doing a seventy point three world champs last year. So um, I'm just pulling that one out of my butt. But he got two thousand points for that for second place behind Crowey. So if he does this Ironman and does a couple of seventy point threes. He should be right for Kona. So, so Timothy O'Donnell's got 50 points from the last Ironman he did. So he's got no Ironman registered, but he's got three really good 70.3 results. Oh, he's got a, he's got a 1,500, about. a 750, and a 585. So he's ranked 44th. So providing he finishes, he'll he'll rock it up the rankings. But he needs a good result, probably for his confidence as well, yep. going going into Kona, assuming that he's doing Kona. Yeah, the, the reason I put that point in about Chris Liotta that you just uh, What point? You, I, just, you just I, just, I just remembered that, John. <laughs> is oh, you have to take the credit, don't you? <laughs> You have to take the, the point that you just read with the love. So he hasn't. Uh, he is someone that has um, raced smartly, but well, whether he planned, planned or unplanned. But he's quite high in the rankings, purely off doing the seventy point three champs last year, where he sc- scored very, very high points. So he got uh, two thousand points for finishing second, as, yep. you, as you just pointed out correctly. It was marvelous. Well, I, I just remember that, and I remember that Crowe won. You didn't have that there. No, Give me some credit. there you go, but he yeah. crushed them that day. So he's ranked 34th, so presumably he gets some points, he'll go shooting up the rankings this week. But that's really smart racing, and that could um, could help. It could be a lot of people's sort of fallback racing. What do you mean it's smart racing? Just well, you could do a 70.3 race, and it gives you a lot of points. Oh, if you do well. If you do well. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, if people are struggling with points, if it still falls within that window, I'm not sure if it does. Is it the same place this year? Yes, in Vegas. Um, and in it's relatively close. Same time frame? Mm-hmm. Yep. So September-ish? Yep, so it could be, uh, could be tough. Well done on remembering the date. Well, nice. Thanks, nice thanks, thanks, mate. Thanks. So, that wasn't written in front of me either. No. Unbelievable. So Chris Liado, um, pre- I think a bit of pressure on him, a bit of pressure, pressure on Timothy Don- O'Donnell as well. So it'd be um, a fascinating race because Timothy O'Donnell is a great runner and um, Chris Liado will obviously try to crush them on the bike. And outside of that, um, Victor Zemensev will be there if they start to fall over. But you've also got Brian Rhodes down on the start list. Rhodesy. Guy Crawford, he wants a Kona slot. He's going to need to crank up some points there to, to move up the rankings. He's been getting some good results but needs a good, good Ironman to move up. And uh, I think that's where the race will be won and lost between those guys. Come on, Rhodesy. Go, Rhodesy. And it's a 2,000-point race. Well, back it up. We haven't even talked about chicks yet. Yeah, $75,000 prize money. Heather Wirtle. Heather Wirtle. I think this could be a great battle between Heather Wirtle and Meredith Kessler. They're actually ranked second and third on... Um, Torsten's rating Kathleen Culkins now again this is where the, if you've got few races it can play in your favour and if you have one good race as Kathleen Culkin did she uh, she rockets up Torsten's rankings and she is seeded number one sip purely off having one Iron one Ironman result in Arizona where she did a 9.26 and she only finished in seventh place but still that rates her on Torsten's rankings above the other two girls where you've got Heather Wirtle who won in Placid she won in St George last year as well she won in St George the year before she won in Coeur d'Alene in 2008 and then you've got Meredith Kessler who won in St George this year and had some awesome 70.3 results and I, from memory she won Ironman New Zealand the 70.3 I think and just crushed everybody um, so I think that could be a really good race between those two the, their times are generally pretty similar um, so really interested to see how they both go um, good this year oh she wasn't listening to you then okay well I think yeah. it's basically going to be Meredith it's going to be Meredith Kessler versus Heather Wirtle and yes. then the other girls are going to be uh, Heather Goldnick yep I think she's she'll Kate Bellavacla yep they'll be, they'll be there or thereabouts but I think those two it's USA versus Canada. Hayley Cooper? 
Yeah, tell, oh, us, Hayley. Tell, tell us a bit about Haley. She's done a, an 11, a 10 11 to expect the time, you, you know, over the years. Her ratings around about 10 15, 144th overall in, in Thorson's ranting, rating. But she's a super breakthrough race, John. It is. Next okay. week when she wins, everyone's going to go. Put it down. Yep. Hayley Cooper from the United States. Oh, Haley. Okay, this weekend we've also got another great race, and it's going to be really fascinating because it's Lance's racing. Yeah, I'm in France, <laughs> 2,000 <laughs> point race and $75,000 prize money. So Lance will be getting a bit. bit um, Nervous right now. Nervous right yeah, now. He'll be think, taper. thinking about the uh, thinking about all the climbs and what have you. <laughs> On the girls' side of things, which is probably going to be where the real interest of the race is, um, it'll be interesting. Got Gina Crawford there, Tina Dickers, Martina Dogana, and Tamara Kutsalina and Alexandra Loisson. So I think it could be quite a good race here, actually, between those girls. They're all. You know, on but based off past you know records and stuff. Actually, I wonder where Gina is ranked. Oh, you know, and the, the old Gina I think would have crushed these girls. Oh, are you, um, are you, are you defining the the pre Gina, the mum Gina? Pre, yeah, she, yeah. She, 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 this is her opportunity. I think to stamp her her her, her foot down, and say right, I'm back and I'm kicking some butt, yeah. and uh, I'm really hoping she does. Pretty good lead on the male side of things. Yes, he was uh, for some reason he's seated right down the bottom, so maybe he entered late, but. Uh, I think he, he again. He, you know, last year was uh, was a killer year for him in terms of outside of Kona. He didn't have a good race at Kona, but with uh, he was a nice did, guy, wasn't he? Did he win this race last year? He won an Ironman last year, and he also won. He, uh, and he won Abu, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Um, oh, it's going to take me too long to pull up my my stats. But Freddie Van Leer had a great race last year, so I'm picking him to to take this race ahead of Lance and then uh, Axel Zeebrook in third place. Oh, so you're saying Lance second? Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Cell uh, <laughs> so, so man. The, Cel- the Celt man. Oh, Celt. Oh, okay. You're going to love this, Bevan. It's basically the Scottish version of oh, Norse man. Oh, no, they sent, us, they sent us some information about this. Yeah. So it looks really cool. Um, not c- quite as extreme, um, I think, on the run from what I could see. There wasn't great information about the, the course profile on the run. I think you, you go over a couple of climbs. Rather than Norse man, you basically have one massive climb. And I, I don't think the Coles in, in um, Scotland are quite as Two big Monroes. As yeah, I don't know what a Monroe well, is. One thing is, obviously, a big hill. Mm, I'm yeah. thinking that's, that's yeah. true too. But it looks like a great race. The pictures, the scenery looks fantastic, and it's way up in Scotland, up the north there. So it's going to be it'll be picturesque. It won't be a, it won't be anybody around. I think it's, uh, it, it's if you were going to try to do something similar to Norseman, it's it's a great location for it. Um, and I was speaking to a guy who's racing at uh, Jamie McPherson last week, and uh, he looks like they've got a. A reasonable size field, you know, oh, 100, couple hundred, something like that. When I looked last week, looks like a good so, race. Um, the website's pretty great. And I think I could be wrong here, people. I'm sorry if I'm wrong again. No, I think it's the wrong. first time they've held it. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but if anybody does that, we really you know, try to pop us a note before, um, as soon as you finish next week, and let us know how, how it was. It's one of those races where it's, you know, self-supported, so you can't you can't go bitching and moaning about, about uh, support, but. Um, just be really interested to hear how Forest it goes. Forest Man as well is happening this weekend. Forest Man, checked out that entry list. Looks like they've got a couple of hundred people doing that as well. They've got a, a relay option as well. Um, and again, it looks like a really cool course, um, sort of quite rustic. I and, do have to say, there. Forest Man's website, it's, it's a little bit old school, that's okay. Mm. But on their photos, they've got a swimmers, you know, powering through the water, cyclists pushing hard, someone walking the run. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. You can get a runner in the photo team. Exactly. It's not a marathon if you don't run it, is it? Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we've also got the Mavorian man in Utorokivikishish in Czech Republic. Nice. 
Nice. Okay, John. This week well, in Lance, what's been happening? This week in Lance, he's, he's, well, he's tapering? No, he's not actually because he's, he's got a charity auction for, to ride with him in Kona. Okay. Someone paid $40,000 for that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You're maybe a little bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, so <laughs> Danny Ward sent through that uh, he was, for his charity, he was sending through the option of training with Lance on Kona week. You get an entry to Kona mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. So I imagine it can still go ahead, but someone fronted 40000 bucks for it. Oh, so it's bad. It's, uh, the, the bidding is closed. No, the bidding's still got three days, but I can't imagine it's going to go much higher than that now. I can't imagine. Because there is. was another other part of this weekend, Lance, as well, John. Yes, just a small side story. It's a small side story. Um, that, like, if, in case you have had, uh, <laughs> have not been, been connected been to the world, you've been on Mars, so Lance is out of there. Because even if you weren't following the triathlon media, well, I can't comment for media around the world, but this was a, no, a was major a story yeah. on uh, like our national news. And then you had all these people that don't have a clue what they're talking about. A bit like us. Um, trying to, to put their spin on the story. $40,000. $40,000 and they get, you get the entry but then you get to train with, so Lance was still, and you get the Why do people, why, why can you buy an entry like that? That's bloody, oh, oh no, no, you know what? No, that, that's charity. Mm. They get, they've always given away some entries to charity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if it's bringing 40,000 bucks to someone on cancer, mm. you know, like it's a good thing. Okay. But the story is, Lance is basically out of, out of, out of there, out of there. He's yeah, out John, of there. John, I've done a little bit of peace but I haven't done much peace around the idea of is there any chance he can do it? Well, at this stage, it looks highly unlikely because the case, they haven't set down a date for the case, um, but it sounds like it's, it's got to be before November, but it's not going to be happening anytime soon by the sounds of it. Um, so he's got to do an Ironman. And unless he does an Ironman, um, he's not going to have enough points. So he's not going to be able to get a start. So I can't really see any way that he's going to get um, get enough points. So in that, in that, in that sense, I'd say... No, we're not going to see him in Kona. And um, WTC had a special meeting last week to see if they wanted to change their rules um, to allow somebody to race when they're under investigation, and they said no. So I can't see that there's challenge a way to do it. Challenge have it so that you're under investigation, so they do sit underwater and... and What's the other one that? Well, I think WTC is basically in isolation here. It sounds like most other triathlon organisations, under their rules, you're allowed to race when you are under investigation. And it doesn't mean that you close them off under investigation. It does, but you know WTC can, can do whatever they want. So yeah. they're, they're abiding by their rules. So if you haven't read up on this, their ruling is... Um, WGC ruling if you're under investigation for a drugs case um, you cannot race and that's something you sign up for when you buy a professional license so um, they didn't just say they didn't just ban him it's basically the rules did not allow him had a special meeting decided they're going to stick with their rules so you know with this whole Lance thing as people have probably been it's aware a, it's, a, it's a big subject isn't it and it's, it's really interesting reading your guys comments on Facebook because it definitely brought up a few <laughs> different emotions didn't it and I, and I, and I and I've always been, a, I was a bit lukewarm. You know, you started bringing in This Week in Lance and I was like, I, I you know. I you never I, liked the Digi John. I didn't. Every I, time I say This Week in Lance, you just give me a disappointed yeah. parent look. So I, like most people, I was excited by the prospect of having a totally different element at Kona. Um, somebody who's going to bring a lot of attention and that was exciting. It was exciting for me to see him race in, at the 70.3 champs. But in the back, you know, what was getting at me going, well, is this in the best interest of the sport? Um, and yeah, so that's where it's sort of, this is, this is what potentially I thought may happen and it has happened. I'm like, Ugh. Although I will say, I don't think it's, it's hurt triathlon. Yet. 
That, uh, we'll come to that later. We'll come, okay, we'll so come, you, come John, you've got a few points and I've got some thoughts as well. So, so as we've clarified, you can't race WTC events. Um, is that fair or not? It's basically the rules I've set down. They so said you can't, you can't race WTC races. He can, if he so chooses, as has been pointed out, go and race on Challenge or he can go in USA Triathlon set under their rules. They can't really stop him racing. Um, so he's, the, he's he can go and do other races. Can't really see it happening, to be honest. Now, um, now word of mouth is they paid... A lot of money for him to do Ironman. Apparently, apparently, yes. allegedly, yeah, allegedly, yeah. A few million. Yeah. Mm. So, um, not not the best investment right now. <laughs> no, not the best <laughs> and, investment. And, and someone did comment on how quickly WGC got rid of the Lance section of the website. Well, I noticed that as well. Yeah. I, I thought because the first person to break this to me was Albert. Yep. He sent through this link, and it was in the Washington Post. That really seemed like they were the people that first broke the story, and Albert sent it through, and I went, whoa. And uh, and then went straight on to Iron Man, and boom, there was nothing there. Yep. And then within about um, within an hour, I was on the flipping the radio station was calling local news source. Oh, really? Was calling Were you the local <laughs> comments, oh, nice. and I was like, holy moly, how do you, you know, how do you? Uh, anyway, but yeah, lots of comments on Facebook. Um, Can I read some out? Yeah, no, a cu- couple that um, really well sort of worked on a similar vein to what, what I was thinking. Peter Colas here. I'm reading comments, um, these comments as a layman, and I'll give you a layman's opinion. Triathlon has a clean image. Cycling has a dirty image that is getting better. Triathlon would damage its clean image by letting in a dirty cyclist from a dirty pass compete. I think most of you know Lance wasn't clean. If you believe he was, you're incredibly naive or in deep denial. You can't forgive and forget before Lance admits to what we all know he did, apologises and serves a long suspension. At Travis Anderson, your sport needs more people like you and less people with their heads in the sand. And so Travis was really saying... He's got my point is that it appears from the comments that people accept that he probably did dope, but that was at the same point in time in the past. So why the heck are perfectly... Why ruin a perfectly exciting Kona? I've thought from the moment I man welcomed him with open arms that the damage to the integrity of the distance triathlon would far exceed any short-term marketing benefit he would bring. Accepting him in the races basically says uh, so that if he if so he what was, if he was a doper. yeah so what if he was doper or not? This is going to be an amazing show to watch. I come from a cycling background and get sick of everyone immediately taking talking to me about doping and cycling as soon as a race bike comes on. So bike race comes on. So now this is what triathlon is in for. And then there was lots of people on here saying 500 drug tests and 25 years of zero positive tests. Is that enough to prove someone's innocence? And a lot of people had that argument. And my comeback to that is... Well, Scott, I mean, Travis Anderson's got seriously neither to Marion Jones. Exactly. Yeah, and, and the thing is that they often don't know what they're using. So mm. you, you've got to actually have the... And did you watch the Tyler Hamilton interview? Um, I've, I think so a while ago yeah. yeah so what was really interesting when Tyler Hamilton was talking he was saying how what they'd do is they'd be testing these guys all the time and because they knew where the level was so it wasn't like they'd go in at night time and take a, a shitload of the EPO and stuff like that they'd just take enough to be under the Hmm. To under the you know the mark that they knew they get caught at, so that they were so scientific around how they were doing it so it's pretty interesting yeah so lots of posts on there what I often come back to is the time when Lance was dominant in cycling, you got to look at the people that were around him in terms of who he was competing against. So you he believe he, you believe he used drugs? Oh, and I'm just going with what, what other people are saying. <laughs> but when you look at the facts, when he was winning the Tour de France, he was crushing everybody. And at that time, you know, his, his main rivals were say Jan Ulrich. 
bust of drugs. Um, Marco Pantani committed suicide, but um, was also busted for busted for drugs. Um, who else was there? Tyler Hamilton probably wasn't a major, major rival. Busted for drugs, also on the same team as Lance. Floyd Landis, same team as Lance as well. Busted for drugs. And, and I struggle with, with what I've heard about um, taking drugs is how can somebody be crushing everybody and that's not a level playing field. He's beating all the guys that are already on drugs and absolutely dominating them. Combined with the fact that a huge number of people have come out now, not a huge number, but a number of people have come out very close to him and, and have you, said that he was the, on Did you hear that phone call? Yes, that, that's been around. That phone call has been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, so he never got busted. Does that mean to say he didn't take drugs? It's, it's very hard to know, but... I think there's a lot of a lot of evidence out there now that says that he that he has. So, so okay, so let's say so let's say some people are going with this argument. Well, why bring up a dirty past? You know, it's just you know we're in the now. You know, it happened in the past. Who knows? You can't prove it. You know, if I run test, what do you say to that? Well, I say you, you can't be above the law. If you've taken, if you can be busted at any stage, and I think we can't just go. Oh, it's okay. It's Lance. He's done all these good things. Should we just just let him off? I think no. And people who say they're on a witch hunt, well. I guess maybe Olympics coming around they are, but I just think, look, if you did it, you just you've got to, this is going to send out a message that no, it's not acceptable to take drugs. You, 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 at some stage in life, it could come back and bite you in the bum. You know, they're freezing samples and things like that these days. So you've got to know that hey, I might have got away with it today, but that could come back and get me later on. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't think it's any massive, massive witch hunt. They just they haven't been able to bust them, and maybe now they've finally got something to, to bust them with. But uh, since I don't really think anybody should be above the law, but my my worry is that money is again and politics is going to come into this again, and whether these, if if they haven't crossed all their T's and dotted every single I, it could get off on a technicality. Um, that is that is probably my big concern is that it's going to be this massive hoopla and well, it's going to get off. That it sounds like there is already because they're saying that when the testing people have said, you know, I wouldn't say as conclusively the test that, that when you read the Washington Post, Post article, they kind of say, well, they're basically on this test that happened a while ago, but then the, the person who took the test kind of said, well. Not really sure if I can say there was a com- confirmed so, joke. So, so that's the thing. I'm not sure if they're going to bu- be able to bust him on testing or whether it's just going to be um, evidence, evidence tes- testimonies from um, people who are on, t- on his team. And like in New Zealand, we've got a guy, Stephen Swart, who's on the Motorola team. I, I don't see what motive he's got to go out there and say that Lance was on drugs and he was encouraging everybody on the team to take drugs. Other people may have some sort of vendetta. You know, so, and he has said that, hasn't Yeah, he's come yeah. out. Um, and people like Floyd Landis and Tyler Hamilton, maybe you could say they've, they're on some sort of vendetta, but it sounds like they've got more and more people um, that are, that are, that are going to testify. So it's going to be interesting times ahead. But your comment before about um, triathlon not being damp- damaged, and I'd agree with that at this stage, um, I don't really think that the image of triathlon's been damaged at all by Lance's participation. I think if Lance got caught doing drugs in triathlon, it would hurt. That's what. I, that's what. I guess that's the concern, probably for WTC. And They've the question you have up. to ask yourself is: if you do deep down fundamentally believe he's done drugs, why wouldn't he be doing them now? Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you do, if he's had this successful career as a cyclist, and 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 deep down in your soul you think, you know what? I do kind of think that you know if the evidence says. Well then, why would there be a shift now? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know what? It's, it's hard because if he hadn't done drugs, he's going to get painted with this brush, and you know, and that's a hard thing for me to put out there. But if he has done drugs, what's to say he's not using them right now exactly. for a triathlon? 
And I think this is the the, 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 the thing that WTC have had to, to grapple with is that okay, he's he's innocent at this stage. Um, what if he goes and goes and does Kona and wins Kona? And then get bust, then gets yeah. busted, and that's when I think the sport could see some massive damage. But, but again, you're grappling this this issue at the moment. He's innocent, and then yeah. they're, they're punishing him for being innocent at this stage, and that's it's it's tricky, really but, tricky. But they obviously feel they've got a good case because they wouldn't put a case forward unless they felt they could win it. Mm. Well, it's it's just really interesting, you know. Like it's a fascinating discussion, and it's fascinating this discussion has been brought into our sport because mm. it was always a cycling discussion, and um and I know there's a lot of passionate people out there who just say leave him alone. You know, we want to see him in a sport, and I have to admit, I was a little bit gutted when I found out he wasn't going to be in Kona. You know, mm. like definitely one of the exciting points of our year. You know, mm. leading going to Kona, and and I kind of thought to myself, what does it mean about me as a spectator of the sport? And and like I was out yesterday with a guy, and I was talking about it, and I was, I was talking about the idea that. I, I, I kind of fundamentally, my belief is that I think he did do drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have no evidence, but based on what I've learned over the years and based on when you look at it, I kind of do, I, I kind of err more towards the side of I believe he did some. Now, if that's the case, I kind of have to be go down the hard line, don't I? Mm. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like we kind of look at the example like, um, the example I used yesterday is, you know, you might have someone who works in your business and, uh, you know, you, you, they work in your business and they, they're bringing the most profit for your business, but they're also stealing 5% on the side. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. hey, they bring in 100% more profit than anyone else. Do you kind of let them in the game still because they're so good for your business, mm. but there is that kind of downside of having them in your world. And the problem for Lance is like, shit, I first learned about Lance by reading his book. I never mm. even knew of the guy before then. I wasn't a cycling fan. And, you know, we this is a dream of Lance that's so amazing and it's so attractive that we're attached to. And are we... Like when you look at yourself, if you believe he's a drug cheat, yeah, it's, it's a hard one. It's, it's just a, it's just a, such a fascinating, fascinating discussion. See, it'd be it'd be quite a straightforward argument, I think, if he hadn't done all the cancer, the charity work. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he wouldn't be as big a star as what he was. But if say he was just a six or seven time Tour de France winner, I think we'd be we'd be we'd be singing a different tune here. So, it is it is a difficult one, and I'm like you, you know, I, I very much want to go down the hard line, and that's. Where I, where I I think I hid, but at the same time it would be amazing to see him race. I guess the thing is, if it had been a level playing field all along, I think he would have achieved the same thing. Oh, he was the best cyclist in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I think it was a level playing field. Yes. You know, like, you know if you look at cycling, yeah. the history of drugs in cycling, you know, it's pretty obvious that mm. all those guys were doping up just as much. And you know, and I'm sure they're pretty much using the same technology. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Lance wouldn't have had. You know, way better technology, and so um, yeah, it's tricky. It's, and it's and I, I guess the question that you leave with a lot of people is: if you were in Andrew Messick's shoes in WTC, what would you would you do? You know, would you want to, Would you risk it? And this was a question um, Albert asked me. He said, "See if you can get the Ironman CEO and ask him um, how, in the, how ask him how the hell he was willing to take such a high risk gamble on Lance in the face um, in the face of Ironman as soon as the grand jury investigation was shut down. The whole world knew that the USADA was looking into it as well. Um, how much will this Lance episode hurt the Ironman brand? But so, I, I don't think it does hurt the brand, but I also yeah. think, I can understand why they did it. He's mm. a, you know what, shit, he brought a lot of attention to our sport. Mm. And, and, and that's the thing, that's that, that whole, the guy's stealing 5%, but you're getting 100% return on him. You know, as an investment, he was actually good for our sport. And... Can you just, you know, for them, if he, how can, how can you turn a, turn a guy away 
maybe they couldn't maybe they didn't necessarily need to go and do all the massive endorsements and stuff they did but if, if someone who has not been proven to be guilty can you just say no we don't want you to race in our races you can't you can't really no. I mean you can because races are by application you can but but your rules state that um, no you can't so until he was under investigation they couldn't really say you can't race do you know what I find fascinating I, I find what? Fasc- well lots John but that's, that's <laughs> one point in particular is Let's say he has. Let's just say and, and, and that eventually he gets busted. Uh, you, you look at Tiger Woods. You look at Tiger Woods when, before he got done with all the, the sex and stuff, and, and obviously that boy knew how to pick up some chicks and have lots of sex because he, he, was, <laughs> he was living a large life. But imagine that life of living such a lie. Like, you know, Tiger Woods was the poster boy of the perfect moral person who, mm. you know, this this kind of unrealistic person who that we all aspire to because he was just so legendary and... And, uh, and he had the skill set that was out of this world and, and he's, from the outside he painted this perfect picture. Imagine what it would have been like inside Tiger Woods' head when you're going out and you're shagging someone every weekend and, and he was shagging like waitresses and stuff like that. Like he, he, you know, but he was taking such a risk with mm. his life and with people you know, who, who could just easily just turn on you. And obviously I think he paid quite a few people off but from mm. what I know. But... Imagine that life, and and if Lance is in that place where you know he knows he's done it, imagine living like that. But it become, because you surround people yourself in those situations with people like Lance would have been surrounded by people that were doing the same thing. So you kind of probably almost think, hey, this is somewhat normal. And but but again, other people have said. Uh, I think it was Tyler Hamilton when he finally did come out and admit to it. He said, "There's just this massive weight's been lifted oh. off his shoulders." I, I think if you in any area of your life you're living a lie, it's, it's mm. such a hard way to live a life. You know, it's it's not a healthy way to live a life. And yeah, no, I, you know what? I could be wrong. I, you know what? Maybe he never did take drugs. But if he if he did, and um and he's living a life of lies and he's defending himself, and because he always he always comes at it with anger, doesn't he? Mm. You know, and and you can kind of go well. Does it come out of anger because he's guilty, or does it come out of anger because you know you would be angry if you hadn't done it? And so, mm. um, and, and that's the, have you, do you know the concept of confirmation bias? No. So confirmation bias kind of says that whatever thought you have, you look for that in it. So let's say politics. Let's say you're you're more of a national party person, mm. and I'm more of a Labour Party person. If we watch a debate, I'll I'll just think the Labour Party person won because mm. I go into it thinking Labour's better. Mm. You'll think the National Party, and we kind of just look for the confirmation of our own thoughts. And and you often find that people with confirmation bias that you often read your own thoughts as well. So you tend to read stuff that maybe is more right and political yeah. thinking. Oh, so we tend to just look to ways to justify our own thinking, not to open up our own mind. And and for the people who are listening to this right now who don't think he's doing drugs, you're probably you know disliking what we're saying. Yeah. You know, and then for people who like it, we'll probably be going, but. You know, when you look at any situation with a confirmation bias, you're kind of looking for things to justify. And in this situation, I've probably looked at it in ways to justify my thinking that he is a bit of a, you know, that he mm. did do drugs. Um, and so then maybe I'm limiting my thinking as well. And I think um, that is how a lot of people have thought on this mm. as well. Mm. Um, so anyway, we could probably talk about it for hours, but um, at this stage, he's out of Iron Man. Yeah. It's kind of sucking Kona. It's still going to be awesome. Oh, Kona's going to be awesome, but it was <laughs> wrapping up to be... Yeah, yeah, an extra level of awesome, but it's still, yeah. I'm still very excited about the Kona race this year. Oh, no, yeah, Macca. Uh, Macca coming back. And, and Macca was nice to smack down too about Lance too. Yeah. <laughs> Bugger it. 
It's John's ITU update. Um, it just seems like a letdown now. Oh, no, this week, I'm definitely talking about this week. ITU update is always exciting. <laughs> like a few weeks ago, somebody sent through an email um, saying, um, oh, we've got this fantastic American kid, and I'd obviously heard about him as well. He's a world junior under-19 champion. Everyone's talking about him. Like, we've got a lot of emails, and people even went down, see, talk to so many Yeah, emails. because um, but he's got, he's got an incredible running pedigree. Like he is... Fast runner, Lucas. He, um, he, he could have done oh, the running there's thing. Our, there's our alarm. You see, Bevan. I've got to uh, yep. dismiss yep. that. We've got to make Ten sure minutes. we're on time for our uh, interview. Um, Lucas um, Verbicus, I think that's how you pronounce his surname. So he won the latest round of the World Cup, and I was saying a couple of weeks ago he won a race in America. I was like, well, well, you know, um, nice, great. He's doing well, but that's not a quality field. This World Cup field wasn't um, incredible, but it had had um, had Laurent Vidal, who's who's consistently top 10 if not top um, 5 in the world Andrea Hewitt's partner and also uh, one of the um, Russian boys uh, Polyansky I think it was who they finished second third Lucas Vibrukas won the race and it was it was pretty impressive. Those guys wouldn't have been going full throttle because they've got a a World Championship Series race in Kitzbühel coming up this weekend but they still would have been going pretty hard so he is certainly um, now starting to prove himself it was first World Cup race and World Cup is the level below the World Championship Series and he wins in his first race so certainly somebody to be watching out for lucky he managed he missed the, missed the pack coming out of the uh, out of the swim so he managed to, to bridge up with the group but um, yeah certainly watch out for him and another person we um, haven't seen a lot from Philip Graves won the UK 70.3 well John yes he didn't just win it he crushed well not even that John Speedos and a white singlet. Really? Yep. Yep. I haven't got the photos yet, but the word on the street is he went old school, even see-through white singlet. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, he pulled off big time. So I'm trying to find some photos. Bit of an enigma. He sort of uh, came crushing onto the scene with all these course records and what have you, and we haven't seen much from him, so good to see him back in the, the winner's circle. Yeah, totally. And uh, as I said, Kitzbühel World Champs Series race coming up this weekend. This is really could be quite interesting because... A lot of athletes are using it as their last hit out before the Olympic Games. Okay, Jumbo, uh, sponsor. SLS Try. Um, if anybody is going up to Coeur d'Alene this weekend um, to see Chris Liado and uh, Timothy O'Donnell and uh, going head to head or you're racing yourself, um, SLS are going to be up there. And anybody who goes up there and wants to buy an FX suit is going and, or an FX short plus top are going to get one of those awesome free visors that I was talking about oh, really? last week. Somebody said on the Facebook page, oh, I've got one of the I've got one of the white ones and they're awesome. So um, obviously you can get all your compression gear, your race gear from SLSTry.com um, but now they've got these cool little funky visors. You can never have too many visors and if you're going to Coeur Lane this weekend just go up and say hello and if you want to buy something, you want to get an FX suit or an FX short and top then you get a free visor. Nice. And remember, you, if you're going to buy anything, use the code IMTALK and you get, it's either 20 or 25% off. Is it 100% it's off? That would be cool, no. wouldn't it? Imagine if we could just get all our sponsors to do 100% off. 100% Highly off. Highly unlikely. Mm, Highly unlikely. Probably wouldn't be a sponsor for too much longer. <laughs> <laughs> so if all your triathlon compression needs, go to slstry.com and go and see them this weekend at Coeur d'Alene. Tell you what speedos do, John. I'm just looking at Phil Graves. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Sebastian, if you're listening, you probably need to get a compression pair of speedos because you don't. I don't think. Well, do you really want compression speedos, John? No, no but you know, just a speedo range, maybe even. 
Yes, yeah, let's try, team. Try, try and get some good mission speedos. Mm. You could even get a, a sock for. No, let's not go there. Yes. Um, Phil Graves is, is just crossing the line. He's got the. Oh, I was just yep. seeing the photo. Makes your quads look pretty big. He's got big quads anyway. That boy's got some big quads. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Creepers, creepers, but they look bigger in a pair of speedos. Yeah, he's a stocky little guy. He's a stocky little guy. There Solid. we go. Phil Graves, you're a stocky little guy with big quads. So, yep, there we go. Okay. Uh, do you want to do a discussion in a week? Or do you want to no, go? No, we'll go to get, 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 get ready. Okay, here we go. I'm going to put the interview. We're going to go to the interview. We'll be back in two seconds. We're back and we're not going to do discussion of the week. We've, we've vetoed discussion we're, of the week. Well, well, it's still going to be around, but it's going to be around next week because the problem is we've already done 42 minutes for this, 43 minutes for this week's news and admittedly there's some big things happening this week yeah. and we've done an interview now that's half an hour long and we've got Scott Tinley on for the so next Legends of Triathlon. Legends of Triathlon will be coming out in first, the first of uh, July and we've got Scott Tinley coming on as Bevan just said. We're going to do the interview. We're on a pretty tight schedule today. Bevan's got to be, uh, he's got things to do at 10 o'clock New Zealand time. I've got to be at swimming lessons so we've got to, we've got, we're on tight schedules so we're going to go into, into an interview in a moment but extreme endurance. Yes. Now Bevan, Tams and Lewis won TriStar event somewhere at the weekend. Extreme endurance athlete. She's the one. Where's the, where's the, the, you know, the doctor's jacket yeah, on there yeah. so we've got doc, lots of doctor things on the show this week. We've got Maybe it's sh- show doctor a show doctor because we've yeah, got Dr. Inigo Samalan coming on we've got Dr. Tamsin Lewis we've got Dr. Scott Tinley we're going to be interviewing so it is and, and I'm going to start calling you Dr. John Newsom. doctor okay I'll give you a doctor um, my doctor then yeah don't you hate those honorary doctorates people get like I was, Richard, I was just Richard to give you one yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should have bit my tongue there but they frustrate me when people get honorary the guy doctorates. who wrote Men from Mars Women from Venus mm. he's not a doctor he's had an honorary one but he always sells himself as a doctor mm. Dr. John Gray I think it is mm. Anyway, so Dr. Tamsin Lewis won a TriStar event. Richie McCaw's one. Does he deserve Thanks. one? No. He's all black captain. He deserves a, a knighthood or something like that. Why would I give him a doctorate? Because you could say he's reached a pretty high level in people management. Mm, I disagree. Anyway, extreme oh, no, I do sometimes see the point with the doctorate. Do you know why? Because you can kind of look at some people who have big influence and maybe have taught lessons to... You know, because university is about developing minds, and let's say you've created a business model that no one's ever done before, and then that changes business forever, then you could kind of argue that you've influenced education. Yeah, we're on tight schedule oh, <laughs> for another day. One of the things we talked about, Dr. Samalan, about is, um, is, is nutrition, just a tiny bit at the end. I want to get him back on to discuss that. But one thing you can do to try to... Um, improve your nutrition extreme endurance as well as extreme endurance their product have got extreme gut endurance so if you've if you have participated in a long distance endurance workout and have probably at some point experienced gastrointestinal distress like cramping or diarrhea Um, and basically this product is uh, is a probiotic product Um, helps you to maintain a healthy balance of intestinal flora promotes large and small intestine health assists in the digestion of proteins and aid in antifungal activity Um, and it's got billions of nine different strains of probiotic cultures that work together to max uh, for maximum ability it's 21 bucks um, to get uh, to give it a crack, and so if you are somebody that's been struggling with you know um, yeah, GI right, issues, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly worth a crack because there's, there's often so many different things going on, and there's not one. It's hard to put your your finger on one single thing that's that's uh, affecting it. So give we know extreme endurance works as uh, you know as a product. Extreme Gut Endurance, give it a crack. Go to xendurance.com. Okay, so we're going to put the interview up now. Yes. Okay, do you want to give a quick history? So um, 
I basically came across this Neil Sheeran. I've got to give Neil Sheeran a bit of love. Neil Sheeran. Neil Sheeran from Christchurch. He flicked me an email um, around um, aerodynamics testing, and I was looking at going. This is pretty. This is the business. This is pretty good stuff. And and the person who was being interviewed there was Dr. Sam Milan, and we've now got him on basically to go through um, some basics, try to translate what happens in wind tunnels, wind tunnel testing, and then giving some 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 pointers for obviously we can't afford to go wind tunnel testing but some things you guys can look into to try to improve your position whilst not costing yourself energy so okay, here we go, here we go. it's here brought it to you by trainingpeaks.com oh nice Okay, on this week's show, very happy to have uh, Inigo Samalan. That's a, lot a great of, name. <laughs> a lot of you won't know of him. Um, I first came across um, some of his work when I was reading an article a little while ago around um, wind tunnel testing. And Inigo has been the director of the exercise physiology at the Human Performance Lab at the University of Colorado. And from a triathlon and cycling perspective, he worked with the, the Garmin's, used to work with the Garmin's transition team. And that's where I sort of came across them so welcome along to the show Anigo. well thank you very much uh, thanks for having me great I mean what, what as I said in the intro there um the, the area that sort of sparked my interest and in, in some of the work you've done was it was around wind tunnel testing and um for the for the average you know Joe Public out there, that's not going to be something that's realistic for them to go do wind tunnel testing. But can you just explain to us um, sort of what happens in a wind tunnel test and when you were first introduced to it with your role with Garmin Transitions, how your eyes were open to how things were being done and, and the improvements you could see that could be made? Well, yeah, so in, in 2006, that was, that was when the, uh, my, my first uh, contact with wind tunnel testing in, in, in San Diego. And I was working with uh, the Sanier Duval team, and I, uh, I just I arranged, you know, like I convinced the team to, to send some of the writers to do like wind tunnel testing. And uh, because it started to get very popular. But uh, one of the things that I saw is that uh, many writers would keep changing from wind tunnel to wind tunnel um, uh, because they were not comfortable or things were not going well. So every year they would go to a different wind tunnel and they had different positions. So that got me into thinking like maybe maybe it's not just uh, an aerodynamic issue. Maybe it's a metabolic issue. Maybe that, uh, that position is too tasking metabolically speaking that a writer has, so maybe they have to change. So that's why I started in 2006 this, uh, this testing in, inside the wind tunnel looking at uh, lactate and heart rate uh, as, as uh, you know parameters of looking at the cardiorespiratory and the cardiovascular and metabolic adaptations to to a given position and I I, I was really surprised I saw good results and uh, uh, you know I saw effectively that many times the most aerodynamic position might be uh, quite tasking metabolically speaking so I've been you know going to the wind tunnel all these years and then with Garmin of course uh, we had a little bit more budget, so we've been doing uh, and done some more testing, and it works quite well, in my opinion. <laughs> so, so what what are you sort of saying there is is you know often we 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 try to go for the most aerodynamic position that is that that is possible, but but what you were really finding is that those positions is going to be costing you more in terms of the the energy requirement that um, you know you're putting out to, to to hold that position. So it's actually whilst aerodynamically speaking it's more efficient the, the cost on your body is is quite a bit higher yes absolutely yeah. so i think i think that, that the integration of the uh 
of the metabolic studies along with the aerodynamics in the wind tunnel is the future of testing to dial in the position better. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I, there are positions that maybe for uh, um, like a prologue, you know, uh, there's the most aerodynamic ones, but uh, the very task, metabolically speaking. And that's a position pretty much they give you when you go to the wind tunnel. They give you the fastest possible aerodynamic position. Uh, but yeah, it's just like that could be very uh, task efficient, metabolically speaking. And of course, for example, for a triathlete, you know, that would not very be very useful. So actually, many people they're actually paying a lot of money, thousands of dollars, just to get slower on the bike. I think you know, oh, really? I think we have to find the the right position. And that's what I found out that sometimes the second, third, fourth uh, best aerodynamic position. Uh, it's not so far from being so uh, the number one aerodynamic position, but metabolically speaking, it's it's much faster. So that's probably a position to choose for a longer event, like a, like a long time try in cycling or a, or a triathlon, as so, opposed to maybe a, a prologue in cycling, where yeah, it's just in three minutes or four or five minutes, you just go for the fastest one. So if 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 people do normally go to a have been to a wind tunnel in the past, were they just sitting there stationary and they were just literally trying to find that position um, and when you brought your new ideas to the table in terms of actually doing some 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 testing in there how was that received how was what how was what save i'm sorry so so we're, so in the in the past were, were, were people just going to the wind tunnel and just literally sitting there in a, in a stationary position um, and then you actually got them to do some riding as well as some some testing Oh yeah, that's all right. That's a good question. So you know, in the past, uh, uh, the resistance is very little, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, the wind tunnel throws you a flow of, of wind at about thirty miles per hour, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not just people are not usually just uh, stopped; they move in the wind tunnel, right? But there's not much of, the, of, of a resistance, so there's not much of a metabolic stress elicited to the rider in the wind tunnel. It's just want to observe how they deal with the pedaling at thirty miles per hour. You know, with, mm -hmm. with I mean, with the wind with the wind. Uh, blowing a chew at 30 miles an hour and that's where they start getting and looking at all the uh, parameters especially the cda that's that's the most important parameter so what i what i what i i started doing was uh, uh based on the physiological data from physiological testing that i have from athletes i would choose different uh, uh, uh exercise intensity uh you know eliciting different lactate levels but i would choose one and based on the physiological testing. So yeah, it's just, I was I was at first a little bit of pain in the butt because I would request the wind tunnel engineers, you know, like to, to give this athlete an, uh, a very specific watt resistance, let's say 250 watts or, or mm. 300 or whatever, right? Whereas before they didn't take that into account. All right. For, for people that don't have access to go to a wind tunnel, is there anything you, you took out of this that, you know, Joe Public can go in, in terms of making changes to their position without going to, to a wind tunnel? You know, are there any tracking tools like training peaks that they can use by changing a position? They can actually try to figure out, you know, A, is that position faster and, and what sort of a cost it's having on their body? Yeah. Well, it's actually, I've, I've done that before. Uh, you know, with low-budget people, you know, things that work very good is like indoor velodrome. Mm -hmm. And indoor velodrome, you can have a protocol where someone can go at a different exercise intent. I, I mean, with different positions, always at the same intensity, but changing in watts. You can control that in watts with a, with a power meter. Mm -hmm. And then you can control so the lactate and you control the heart rate. And you do different uh, different runs, right? And each run 
nothing changes in terms of the power output, but you just change the positions. Mm. And then you go back to training peaks and just analyze uh, everything, you know, in terms of like what is the run that I was the fastest, yeah. right? And they elicited the lowest lactate and the lowest heart rate. And then you can just correlate that with the changes in positions. Hmm. What about, you know, I saw written, you've got um, your Dr. Samalan's aerodynamic protocol ABCs. Can, can, you, can you explain, and you've got Anna D, can you explain, um, explain that? Yeah, so, so one of the things that I learned a lot in the wind tunnel is that there, there's some like ABCs that uh, they're pretty, pretty standard and they work quite well. You know, so uh, for example, on Garmin, we didn't have the budget to test all the riders, right? Mm -hmm. So we tested, you know, like a few of them. But then what we learned from the wind tunnel, we started applying to all the riders. Like, for example, we, we, we didn't bring back then Hesheda at the wind tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. But we used information with the wind tunnel and those ABCs, right, <clears throat> to uh, adapt um, Hesheda's position. <coughs> so... <coughs> One thing that that is just that is just that the the, uh, the frontal area is it's it's very important position right, mm -hmm. um, so you should you should try to uh, uh, be as low as possible. That's that's no brainer, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's something that you have to bring that. <clears throat> the thing is, that is many times what is causing a higher metabolic stress. Okay? So first, like the position has to be as low as possible. Uh, then um, uh, your your uh, um, um, the extensions of the arrow bars. That's another thing that is important. Uh, you know, you have to have the be as extended as possible, you know? And uh, so, because if you extend your arms as much as possible, you can lower your body more, mm -hmm. right? It yep. goes together, right? And therefore, when you, you will lower your body, the CDA increases, so that's that's very, very important. Then with, that, with, that, 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 with extension bars, uh, the best thing that always worked for us was the the, uh, the ski position, right? Yeah. Uh, it's similar in the ski position for several things. First, because it creates uh, a more natural and relaxed position for the arms. Uh, like the arms, for example, I mean, lactate is, is uh, removed from the muscles in, 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 in different organs. So we can remove lactate in distant muscles, like the arms, for example, because they have mm -hmm. a lot of muscle mass but after the... Uh, after the uh, the uh, the legs, but for that the muscles need to be uh, relaxed. If the muscles are relaxed, then they can clear out lactate from the muscle from the legs too, like the arms, right? If the arms are not relaxed, then they're not only not going to clear lactate out, but they're going to even produce more lactate and higher metabolic stress because they're contracted. So that's something that in the arrow positions, the ski position is is the most aerodynamic one. Uh, I mean, is, is I'm sorry, is the most relaxed one. Nice. And, yep. and and also at the same time, what it creates, uh, uh, if, if if the arms are, are are as elevated as possible, although now with that with that with the UCA rules is different. But for triathlon, that doesn't really matter. You know, you have to have kind of the, uh, the 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 um, the your hands uh, the same level as your head. Approximately, kind of like the ski position, you know, because then then you, then you reduce the the uh, the back effect, the airbag effect. So many riders, you know, or triathletes, they're always in the very low. I mean, the, the extensions are very low, yes. right? Yeah. And therefore, they have like a big bag of air, you know, getting mm -hmm. to their chest. Yeah. 
So no. why have we not seen this taken up? I mean, um, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but we, we tend to see most triathletes with you know very flat aero bars and so stretched out at front, but certainly we don't see a lot of that sort of praying mantis position where their aero bars are lifted up. So as you said, their, their hands are more in front of their face. Why, why do you think that hasn't been taken up so much? Yeah, that's a very good question, and I've been uh, trying to uh, answer that question, you know, for a while. But I can say, yeah, I, I see a lot of triathletes, and you look pictures, and you see on TV, and that's yeah, it's just they, they they tend to have, in my opinion, like uh, not the best position, you know, neither aerodynamically speaking nor metabolically speaking, you know. So I really think they can take a good advantage, you know. If you look at what the UCI has done at banning, you know, the the uh, incline, right, uh, of, mm. of the aerobars before the mantis position, right? Mm -hmm. Now you can't have that position. You have to stay as flat as possible, but you can play around a little bit with the angle, but like you think raise the angle a little bit, it's clearly an advantage there, and that's mm -hmm. what the UCI has seen too, and the UCI has banned that, you yeah. know? So yeah, it's just, it's just funny that in triathlon, you know, people are not taking this position. Uh, in the wind tunnel, I see clearly that it's the best, uh, metabolically speaking, and aerodynamically speaking, sometimes it's even faster because of what I was telling you earlier about it. it's just not creating that uh, airbag effect. Yeah. You know? it, it, the, the one other point you make with your, your, your sort of aerodynamic protocol is, is aero helmets is a, um, you know, it will trump everything almost every time. A lot of the questions we get around aero helmets are, you know, if I start looking down, then the, the, the tail's pointing up. What did you find in the wind tunnel with regards to, to head position and um, whether it matters or not if the tail's pointing up in the air? Yeah, that's a good question too. Uh, yeah, they're, right, they're riders with wider hips, for example, right? Whereas if you have wider hips, then you can afford to open up your your your, your arm a little bit, you know? Uh, because, yeah, the hips, they can they can be a drag there, too. Uh, however, we, we didn't see such a big difference in the hip position or with the, with the, uh, 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 with the feet position, you know, as much, you know? But uh, uh, nearly as much as, as what we see with other, other, other parameters. It, it, it didn't matter so much. We, so we opened up the elbows, you know, like one centimeter, both elbows opened up, you know, like toward the exterior or, 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 or bring them together. We didn't say, say, see such a big difference there. But, you, but you may not have understood my, my, my Kiwi New Zealand accent there, but w what about um, with helmets, you know, in terms of yeah. the aerodynamic helmets? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the helmet is huge. It's huge, you know. But improving with the helmets can be a lot, you know. And that's why I, I uh, uh, we had a, a, an aerodynamist on the team on Garmin, and uh, uh, so I, I I I proposed the idea, you know, developing like or talking to 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 a Giro, I believe that was the company for the aerodynamist to develop a better helmet because. Uh, um, if you look at and I and I I, uh, I saw the example of Greg Lemont at the Tour de France in '89 when he won. Mm -hmm. So not only he had the triathlon position right, uh, but also if you looked at his that video, the way he was done trialing, he would bring his down his head down all the time, and that's something we see in the wind tunnel. If we if you bring the head down a lot, the CDA is going to change because that's going to assist you know, like a lower position overall, right? Mm -hmm. The problem if you do that with a regular helmet with a big tail. It's like the tail is going to flip up. It's going to go all the way up, right? Hmm. And therefore, it's going to create a lot of turbulences, and it's going to decrease your CDA. It's going to interfere with that a lot, right? So therefore, I, I suggested, hey, 
let's let's look at a helmet is very similar to the one that Greg LeMond used in 89. And if you look, it's very similar to the helmets now, but it just he just didn't have the tail thing, chopped mm. it off, you know. And that's why I told the aerodynamics to 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 try to develop the helmet or contact the uh, the, the, the helmet company. And yes, just a few months later, you know, for the uh, world championships, David Miller was second that year showed up with that helmet, which is the, the helmet that now I believe Giro has and the same helmet as Bradley Wiggins has as well. It's if you look at the picture of Greg Lemon in eighty nine and the picture of the helmets now, it's a very similar helmet. Mm. And and um which is funny really, isn't it? <coughs> Full circle. Mm. With regards to, you've also got your, um, you've mentioned your ABCs around your aerodynamic protocol. What about with regards, you've also got sort of an ABC with regards to your, your metabolic protocol. Can you explain that? Yeah, so so that's the whole thing. So, you know, with the arms, as I was saying earlier, uh, so they, they can really clear lactate from the muscles, yep. right, the arms. But for that, the arms must be relaxed, right? If the muscle is not relaxed, if it's contracting, it's not clean lactate from the muscles, you know, but also the arms are, uh, are contributing to more lactate and, 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 ma- and ma- mainly they're more stressed, you know. So that's where you start losing more more uh, more uh, energy and you use more teaching as well, you know. A muscle that is contracted versus a muscle that is relaxed. Of course, uses a lot more oxygen. So that's why it's very important to keep the muscles very relaxed because they can be a good metabolic stressor right there. You know, then the core stability is very important too, uh, because uh, many times the the, the the position you know it requires you know like a lot of strength right in your in your abdominals and lumbers you know to keep that position, and eventually it requires strength because they need to uh, 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 be contracted, and that's going to create more metabolic stress. If you increase uh, those muscle strength by, by doing course, a lot of course ability, you're going to have that an advantage as well because you're going to be able to hold that position for a long time without causing a higher metabolic stress, right? And the same thing happens with the respiratory muscles. So the respiratory muscles, um, uh, they, they could, you know, it's not clearly know exactly how much oxygen they use, but they can use about up to 15 to 20% of the entire oxygen of uh, intake, uptake that the body is during, during high-intensity exercise, right? So if you have weak respiratory muscles, they might, you know, uh, utilize more oxygen. If you have very strong respiratory muscles, you can reduce that maybe like 5-10%, and that can, you know, be, that means that the oxygen is directly to, 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 to the muscles of the, uh, of the legs. That's where more is needed. Does that... Um does that trend, does that matter depending on what distance you're racing? You know, in terms of the, you know, you you talk about training your respiratory muscles. Um, if you're doing short distance versus say long distance Ironman triathlon, is that applicable to all levels, or more so for the shorter distance where you know you're breathing at a, at a much higher rate? Well, I think it depends on the on, on, on the distance because <coughs> therefore intensity, right? Like in, in an Ironman. You don't go as fast as you go in like a you know like sprint distance, right? Mm. And so therefore, uh, you breathe harder, you know, in sprint distance and in Ironman, right? So I think that at the end of the day, yeah, it's just maybe for short distance, you know, the importance of the respiratory muscles might be more important. Mm. But at the end of the day, too, you know, in Ironman, every single milliliter of oxygen might be counting, you know, mm. we put a lot of seconds and and respiratory and breaths, you know, that could just maybe add up.
Hello? Yeah, oh, yeah, no, sorry, sorry. We're back <laughs> we now. You cut out. Yeah. You cut out there. Um, I, I guess one other question I've got around um, the the physiological testing you do is, um, you know, often we see with sort of stock standard um, testing as, you know, four-minute stages, but I, but I did read that you look much more at doing 10-minute stages when you're doing testing. Do you do, um, like, standard steps, um, but they're just longer, or have you got a different protocol you tend to work with when yep. determining people's zones? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, 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 I created a new protocol, like different protocol about 10 years ago, because uh, uh, the short protocols, like uh, many, many people that just do like one, two or three minutes protocol, sometimes four, but what, what I see is like many people that do one, two, three minutes and based on, on, on absolute watts. Now, when I started working with athletes, and I used to be a cyclist myself, I, I raced professionally two years, but never got to a good level, but I, I, was, I was always penalized in these short protocols and, 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 and absolute watts. And that's why I was always, because I was quite light, and that's what I was starting to see when I work with athletes, you know, uh, elite professional cyclists. They never believed in these protocols because they always were saying that uh, every time they do a test like this, they tell them that they're a mediocre athlete. Mm. So well, that they were maybe a two-difference podium, you know. So something was really wrong then with the, with the protocol probably, you know, because you tell an athlete that is one of the best in the world that he's mediocre, physiologically speaking, <laughs> then something's wrong, right? So I started to to come up with, with different protocols. And uh, and one thing that I saw that we needed to change was first normalize the protocols into watts per kilogram. So I supposed to have like uh, started, you know, 100 watts, 150, 200, 250, etc., uh, just normalize those into watts per kilogram. So I started watching uh, the protocol now at uh, 2 watts per kilogram, 2.5, 3, 3.5, etc. So then we can see that uh, we can normalize everything, right? And mm. we can see that the metabolic stress of each step is the same for everybody. So watts mm. watts as opposed to, let's say someone is uh, uh, 65 kilos and another cyclist is 80 kilos and you, you're starting both at uh, 300 watts, Right. So mm. the 80 kilo guy is still okay, and the 65 kilo is close to maxed out or it's very mm. high intense, you know. So it doesn't discriminate very well, right? Now this protocol discriminates. Then the other thing that I that I wanted to look at is like a, uh, the the whole thing of the maximal lactate steady state, you know, is how stable, how steady you are over time, you know. Uh, so in the protocols of two or three minutes, we miss a lot of information. Uh, first, because are just the lactate we might be measuring might be from one or two previous loads, depends on the distance, you know, mm. that is you have a two minute protocol, you know, the lactate you're measuring, it's maybe from the previous uh, load, you mm. know, because the lactate doesn't go automatically from the muscle to the earlobe, mm. you know, it just takes, there's a little bit of a process and it takes about just about three minutes or so to get to like some kind of uh, steady state. So that's what I start to like longer intervals. The other thing too is like we, we I wanted to look at uh, some intensities that we can observe the metabolic behavior in a better way so we can extrapolate that to the real world, well, uh, the real situation out there. That is, if you measure who's the best climber in a one kilometer, that is, you know, over two minutes, uh, you're probably going to go wrong because you might see a sprinter being the best climber mm. because over a kilometer, everybody can do well, right? But you want to observe that over five, four kilometers or five kilometers. Then was you start to, to see a lot of differences. And that's exactly what I saw. You know, I started to do longer intervals. So 
Then you see like uh, after three minutes, right, two cyclists, they have the same lactate concentration, let's say 3.5 millimoles, right? So the conclusions are, okay, both are the same. Let's move on and see what happens at the uh, intensity. But hey, let's hold it there for another seven minutes. And we're going to see that one of the athletes is going to be maybe still at 3.5 millimoles and therefore he's at, the, at, a, at a steady state, lactate mm-hmm. steady state, and the other one from 3.5 is going to be maybe at 7 millimoles. Mm-hmm. So we can see clearly that they're not the same. That's why the, the, the whole thing of having longer uh, uh, um, uh, intervals. And how long will, it, will it, an actual whole yeah. test often take for you to do them? I'm assuming it would be a much longer duration to, to complete Absolutely. the whole protocol? Absolutely. You know, instead of 15, 20 minutes, you know, uh, the typical protocol, it takes a, for a good cyclist, 45 to minutes to one hour, you know, yeah. for the work class, it's just maybe an hour and 15 minutes. So it's, it's a lot more time, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, they, they pay the same money, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but we, we have a lot more information and I think it works quite, quite well. Uh, I was uh, two weeks ago at the American College of Sports Medicine Conference giving a lecture on uh, on all this concept of the maximum lactate study state and how important was the protocol for this. I can send it to you guys, the presentation, if you're interested. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, looking at the difference uh, uh, in, because with this protocol, then I, yeah, I have this research done. In the one I studied, uh, the, the, the lactate concentrations of different categories, from juniors to amateurs to professionals to world-class. And that's something that other studies, they have been able to uh, discriminate between a junior and amateur and a professional, but they couldn't discriminate among professionals. Hmm. Now, with this protocol, you can clearly discriminate between a world-class professional and an average professional. And that's now why, now finally, when, when, when an, an a world-class comes and does this test, he is the best on the team. Right. You know, as supposed to be a mediocre writer because it discriminates a lot more. It's very predictable. So um, tell us a bit about um, your performance lab and, and um, are, are you doing more study or is your performance lab, you know, a, a commercial entity? Yeah, so we, I'm a faculty, I'm an assistant professor at the School of Medicine at the University of Colorado and that's what we, we have now, a new center. It's Anschutz Health and Wellness Center. It's preventive medicine through exercise, nutrition, wellness. And uh, so that's what we have now, uh, the, uh, the, the Human Performance Laboratory. So... Uh, we open the doors to anybody in the community. Uh, we work a lot with cyclists, runners, triathletes, right? So we can uh, try to improve the performance. And at any level, we have from weekend warriors, uh, especially here in Colorado, there are a lot of events every week <laughs> yeah. out there, right? Yeah. It's amazing. In a, in a single weekend, you have thousands of people doing like 10Ks, half marathons, duathlons, triathlons. It's unbelievable. It's just a lot of things going on. Uh, so we open the door for that and also for the lead athletes. And then we also work more in the clinical side, uh, working with uh, from type two diabetic patients or, or obese patients. We can we can we can give them a very good sense of how their metabolism works through an exercise. We can tailor a very specific training program with them or training pro- or exercise prescription so they can optimize performance better. We 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 measure important parameters like fat and carbohydrate utilization. So I can measure how many grams of carbohydrates and fat you're burning a different exercise intensity. So we can find out what's your individual exercise intensity at the one you burn the most fat, um, right? We yeah. translate that into heart rate. So for uh, for this kind of populations, it can work pretty well. Also for athletes, we can dial in the nutrition during the competition quite well. And that's something I'm doing 
uh, a lot with, with triathletes too because we can dial in the nutrition they need in grams per minute or grams per hour of carbohydrates during Kona, for example, and try to uh, improve their, the performance there. And finally, we do the research too. And the research we do both for performance as well as for like clinical research with uh, type 2 diabetic patients, type 1 diabetic patients, obese patients as well. No, that nutrition topic is a whole uh, another topic for another day. <laughs> um, and yeah. if people want to find it, find you guys, so where are you, website, and, and what city in Colorado are you in? Yeah, we're in Denver. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and because we have the, the, the main campus of the University of Colorado is in, color, in, in, in Boulder, right? And uh, But now we are... Uh, uh, the, the School of Medicine is in Denver, at the Anschutz Medical right. Campus. Cool. And yeah, our, and our, yeah it's, just, uh, it's the Anschutz Medical Campus. It's anschutzwellness.com. We'll, we'll have it's, a link for that up on our website this week on I Am Talk as well. So awesome. Now that's brilliant content. I love, we, uh, there's, there's so much, uh, so many questions and, and things on, on aerodynamics out there and I think you've managed to sum it up and, uh, and uh, dispel some of the myths that are out there. So thank you very much for your time today and, um, and we'll definitely be keen to get you or one of your colleagues on at some stage to talk about, the, uh, about your nutritional testing as well. That would be fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And yeah, just any time, you know, you guys want me to, to intervene in your program or, you know, anything, just I'll be happy. Yeah, we'll Brilliant. Appreciate. Yeah, thank you. Thank very you much. very much. What did I have? It was pretty detailed and, and, and you know, the stuff you were talking about made a lot of sense. For the weekend warrior out there who doesn't have access to a t- wind tunnel, what, what are the take-homes you get from that one? Well, really, when he went through his ABCs and, and looking at your positions, and this is where, you know, this section was brought to you by trainingpeaks.com, and, and you can, that's where you can start to use some of the analysis tools that they've got is to look at what is going to be the most efficient. So I think probably one thing that came out of it for, for me is, you know, if you have got an, an indoor velodrome, you can go and do some pretty simple testing there um, in terms of what's going on with your body. If you want to buy a little lactate testing unit, they're pretty cheap. They're, they're yeah. not, not cheap, cheap. but You, you could even base it on power and heart rate. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what you can do. You can go in there, you can change your position around. You get your Sit remote. on 150 the whole time. Yeah, yep. and then you can go back and use training peaks and actually look at what's going on with regards to your speed. Obviously, your power output, as you mentioned, should be staying consistent. And then you can actually transfer that across when you're going out for some, some longer rides on the road and start to see if you see any patterns there. So I think that's probably the take-home for me is um, you can go and do some, some testing yourself. That's one of them. The other one would be the, the positions that he's said are more efficient. You know, I... I see very few people using that praying mantis position and he's saying hands down that is the fastest position you can get in triathlon and it looks a bit silly I've seen you know likes of Keegan Williams using it TJ Tolkinson using it and um, tell people who don't know what that means so that basically means where you're as you said your hands are up in your face so you, you look like a, a so quite a like tuck position under it aren't you well, no it's more your elbows are down and your hands are up so you, you as you said you're removing that big bubble off most people are nice and stretched out and the aero bars are very very flat but this is really saying bring them right up I've never ridden that position myself and I don't know in terms of control and what have you um, whether it's better worse whatever but um, that so was that was a big learning point it was funny me. the evolution of the helmet I'm actually looking at the photo of Greg LeMond right here and it's funny how um, it's kind of gone full, full circle based mm. on what he's saying yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people have that question is when you do look down when you when, yeah. when your tail goes if you up. remove the point well then it's not so much a problem and I'm actually looking at a photo here of Greg LeMond looking right down at his basically at the road mm. and you can see the point here I'll show you see that 
Nice. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. So, as I said, it was brought to you by trainingpeaks.com. If you want to get that, uh, be able to do your analysis work there, then you need to get the premium version. Use um, the code I am talk. It gives you a 15% off. Only ends up being like, I mean, it's 10 bucks a month before that. So, it ends up being about $8.50 a month. So, it's a no brainer for tracking your trading there and, uh, and also doing some analysis if you want to start looking at your aerodynamics. So, there we go. Trainingpeaks.com team. Okay, John. John, do you want to questions and answers? Um, I just want to give Tim Perkin a little bit of love here. He really just talks. No, I'm going to save that for oh, next so week. Questions and answers. answers. This is the intro, mate. Okay, Sorry. save that one for next week. Um, Tim Perkin did, did. Tom Williams, do you want yes. to talk about that one? Yeah, briefly. Okay, so Tom Williams sent through a link to the person who's broken the world record for indoor Ironman. I wasn't going to talk about that one. Oh, uh, I thought that oh was Tom a, Williams, I, sorry. I thought there was a load of crap. Yeah, well, then I, I emailed Hotel. <laughs> right. Because the guy done a 3.8K. Row, whatever, and then a stationary bike, and he did the row in about eighteen minutes. The bike in about four. Killed the bike, yeah. Well, well, it's arguable. Yes, and yeah, then yeah, and then a four eleven marathon. Yeah, and on it was a treadmill. A, but they called it a world indoor Ironman record, and he didn't even swim. He rode for three point eight k's. So I, I, I wrote to Hotel, and Hotel said it it's pointless. First of all, yes, because a it's not a swim, but even then the bikes, there's no there's no protocol on what bike yeah. you use. So, and he said he's done like a three hour. 180. Well, I can't remember. Yeah, you put it on zero it. resistance, you can yeah. ride pretty quick. And then, no, because it must be, it's done on wattage. Right, okay. So, but but anyway, but even then, he, yeah, it's pretty laughable. But I was saying, Hotel, he should do it because it's good PR. Mm. Yeah, no, great. Hotel would dominate it. But the other one that Tom Williams sent through was a picture of um, Matt Reed and somebody else. Oh, d- that's right. D- doing a race in a wetsuit. Because like last week, the 70.3. So what was it about? The swim. I can't remember if they swam the right distance, but the bike, for whatever reason, got shortened. It was like a 12-mile bike or something, which is still a reasonable sort of distance, but apparently it was absolutely freezing. And um, Big Matty Reid and somebody else did the swim in their wetsuit, obviously, and then left their wetsuit on for the bike. And then he went on and he finished first sequel. It was a tie. It was a 70.3. It was on the weekend before last, and he had a tie with Callum Millwood in in a wetsuit. Really? Yeah. And he was wondering, is this for real? And I know, I know Matty Reid. I used to he used to race a bit with him in France, and uh, I certainly don't dispute that he would be the type, type of guy that would do it. And, but and the picture don't get lie. too hot. It sounded like it was incredibly cold, but you would still get hot. Because the thing is, he is not getting out. Mm. I think what? he may have been in a short sleeve. I can't remember from the picture. I think no, I might, think it's long sleeve. I, I tend to. Re- anyway, he he did a, basically did the. How did he go on the race? First sequel. They got first equal. It, it was not those two that were the picture of. It was it was a sprint finish. He came running through the field and he had a sprint finish with Callum Millwood, a New Zealand athlete. Boom, sprint finish. They gave him a, gave him a tie. They didn't. Couldn't oh, that's right. I saw it because they, yeah. Um, wow, that's pretty interesting. Yes. Team TBB has had an interesting um, thing happen. Brett Sutton basically put on. Now, who was the young guy from Cairns? It was. Um, remember what was the name of the kid? Who was the age grouper? Ah, oh, forgotten. Oh, that's not really helpful. No, should we save that one for next week? No, because everyone's going, are you going to talk about it? So basically, Brett Sutton wrote a report. A few weeks ago, the age group of the week was the, the first guy who we got wrong. Mm. And then we came back the next week and got it right. And now we can't even remember his name. Craig yeah. someone, I think it was. My links aren't working. When I click on the link, it's not working. Okay. Microsoft Word, tell you. John's thinking about getting Mac. John comes into me today. First thing he goes to me, he goes, how many inches you got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mate, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. And uh, But I said 27 inches. Yeah. <laughs> and he was impressed with that. So, um, but anyway, so Brett Sutton on the Team TTV blog mm-hmm. wrote a piece about this guy and said, mate, I want to coach you. 
come over to Switzerland right now and you're in the team. Quit yeah. your job. Come on. You know you want to do it. Because Sato had coached him as a kid. Yeah. I think as a swim kid or something like that. And, uh, and the, the, he, he did. Nice. Got his, quit his job. Jumped on a plane. He's off to Switzerland. Brett Carter. Brett Carter, is that what I, it was? I just plugged it out. I just pulled that out of my butt, Bevan. Brett, you, Brett Carter's his name. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Are you Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive because Nadine Voice sent the email through to me, Flower Power, and it's got it on the email. Okay, so Brett Carter, he's, he went going to the job places. and he says, you can take this job and shove it. And I'm going to be a full-time athlete. I'm going to Switzerland. There you go. So that would be a pretty awesome story, eh? Mm. Pretty trustworthy. Mm. Oh, I think it, what did you do there? You got one. I don't know how old he is. It depends how old he is. Well, he was, let's say... Early 20s, mid-20s, would you do that? Early 20s, I would. Late 20s, be probably somewhat circumspect, but um, early 20s, yep. Yeah. You can always go back to work, John. Uh, we'll do the tip of the week next week. Swanee John's, just a couple of quick ones. Yep. He's got just a footnote about John's. Oh, he's, he, First of all, glad we spoke to him um, about the marathon. Craig Kirkwood, who'd done a 12, a 2.13, was spewing about that for about a year <laughs> afterwards last time. <laughs> just on a footnote to John's comment on Jetstar. Yes. John, you can't say they're good. Two reasons why you can't say they're good. First of all, the very night that you said they were good, I went on the, watching Campbell Live. Yeah. They had a, like a 10-minute segment on how bad they were. So they'd lost someone's luggage. Three weeks later, they got it back to them. Do you know what, Jester? I've got to give them another plug no, here. No, John. When we landed in Sydney, I wasn't even sure we'd landed. That's how good the, <laughs> that's how good the, la- that's how good the landing was. So I've got to give that pilot a bit of love. I'm saying Jester was no... Was, uh, they exceeded my expectations. My no. expectations were rock bottom, so no, it wasn't, wasn't disappointing. Hard. So the, first of all, they've got, um, they must have used up their customer service budget when they were able to land in Christchurch one day later. My jet star flight from Auckland to Wellington, Wellington to Auckland was delayed by six hours as the plane was frozen in Christchurch. <laughs> it meant we missed going to Lady Cargar that night in Auckland. Promoters gave us ticket for the next night, but not Jetstar. It was the concert promoters. And we received no food, money, transport or accommodation costs, reparations. And my written complaint is still going through the system. So glad someone else had a good experience, but mine was crap. Mm-hmm. Also, he's got, he was a Montessori kid. <laughs> so look oh, at no. him. Oh, no. I'm out of here. The show's over. I'm pulling <laughs> Thomas out today. No, a couple of quick ones. John Hancock, look at that. Aero bars. Oh, yep. Saw that one. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'll put that as a photo. Aero bars as in the chocolate bars on a bike. And, uh, and sponsor, Coffees of Hawaii. Coffees of Hawaii. Use the code IMTALK. You get 25% off. It is officially a no-brainer. Um, one thing I saw on their website today, um, yesterday as well is if you go for the recurring delivery for 2012, fresh roasted coffee delivered to your door on the schedule that you choose for a limited time, get a free cappuccino cup and saucer when you sign up for recurring delivery, dot, 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 and... Your first three deliveries are shipped for free. Oh, really? So if you like, if you just want some coffee, you want to support one of the great supporters of uh, triathlon, obviously us and, and triathlon in general, and get yourself some good quality coffee, then get on to coffeesofwhy.com. Um, go through iamtalk.me and we've got our codes there. And if you're not sure 100% what code to use, just email them. What we find with all our sponsors, their service is fantastic, and just pop them an email rather than asking us about promo codes. Bevan's thrown his pen down. I'm not happy, John. Let's finish off Coffees of Hawaii. So go to, go to coffeesofhawaii.com or if you need some codes, go through iamtalk.me and get yourself some coffee. I've just run Coffees of Hawaii with my right hand. Oh, okay. I'm left-handed. It's pretty good, isn't it? It is pretty good. Yeah. What's your co- have you got a coffee fact this week? Oh, I haven't got a coffee fact. Okay. We haven't got time because we really, we really haven't got time. We really haven't got time. Actually, I'm probably running out of coffee facts. So if anyone wants to do a bit of peas on that for me, yes, feel free to send them my way. And anybody who's racing Coeur d'Alene this weekend, 
Remember caffeine and France helps improve your your your, your uh, performance there, and also you might see Albert out there. Who knows if he's racing Cordell? Uh, oh, he not. has every year. I've even known him, mm. and he likes to stick to his kind of format. He does. Albert, good luck. Yes. Okay, let's have a pause for two seconds, and we'll come back. Why? You want to pause? We don't normally pause. Where did that come from? <laughs> okay, here's a pause. We're back. So, um, so John, the reason I threw the pen was I realised that I've given someone a nickname that is the same nickname as someone else. Uh, Not happy. Just, just pretend you didn't do that. There's people who have donated to for us to get to Kona. No, I, I think I can get around it. Okay. There cool. is a way I can get around it, and you'll find out soon. But people, you know, we're going to Kona this year, and it's great because Lance isn't there. Yes. I didn't want him to be there. Because I, I thought about that. Well, Lance isn't going to be there, but I'm still really excited. Oh, it's still going to be a great year. Because you've got, you got the old guard, you've got Crowe and Macca, and then you've got all the new guard coming through that have to win a title sooner or later. You've got Raylert, um, Marino. It's not a given, John. It's not a given, but they're just going to be desperate to get one. Um, and then you're going to throw in a few you, newbies. But, you, but you've also got that, you know, that kind of um, Ferris factor. Mm. Crowe and Macca got nothing to lose now. Mm. They've proven themselves. They've won, they've won it. Totally. You know, and Macca will be playing the smackdown talk with Crowe, and mm. you know, they've got nothing to prove. They've been there, done that. Whereas these other guys have that desperation. Oh, no, can I make it? It's going to be great. Where's my it's legacy? It's going to be great. So lots of people have been donating. We really appreciate that. Um, we'll roll through them. Mark Pollux. Wait Jets. a second. Did you make me do all of them? No. Oh, good. No. You did very few, actually. I was very kind to you this week. Well, no, because a lot of these ones were already given before. Yeah, well, yeah that's okay. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Pollux. Jets. I can't remember why oh, I gave no, Pollux. twice. Um, Rodney. White Lightning Jackson. Wait, did you come up with that one? I came up with that because I went to his, his athlete's profile and he was dressed in all white. And I thought, John, White Lightning. Okay, John, can I tell you my, my first one? What? Paul White. <laughs> Lightning. Oh, there you go. Great. White <laughs> Lightning. Okay, well, you can go with that. Paul, my, my, Rodney, you're White Lightning. Paul, you're just Lightning. <laughs> but, he's, but he's Lightning White. Oh, no. Goodness. There you go. Great minds think alike. <laughs> it gets worse later okay, on. Okay, hold on. I'll go to my next one. Norman, Dizzy Rascal Driscoll. Nice. That works. I love your work. Mark Whittle, High Voltage. He's a regular contributor. Mark High Voltage Whittle. And then I have Paul, Paul White Lightning. <laughs> Fra- Paul Lightning White. Lightning White. Um, Frank, the Texas Ranger League. Yeah, Contribute again. Good work. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the guy who gave us the ending of the show, wasn't he? Can't remember. I'm pretty sure Frank Texas Ranger. Nice. He gave us um, I'm Russ. I mean, don't. I'm pretty nice sure he work. did. Okay. Um, Will Hunter, thinking Will Hunting, Mr. Good Will Hunter. Okay, that's where we've got another issue, John. Okay. Because Ian Hall sent from his wife as a gift. How do you say that name? Ul Tuna. Uh, you can go with that. How do you think it said? I haven't got it written in front of me. O U. We U. And then C H U N H U A. Chuana? Chuana, yeah. Yeah. Chu- no. Ooh, Chuana? Chuana. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The wife. So yours was Mr. Good. Mm-hmm. Ian Hall. It's a gift, is the goods. Okay. <laughs> Damn, we've had a shocker. <laughs> but no, but because he's got the goods. Okay. You know what I mean? He he's got, got the, the goods, goods. For and his wife. Looking after it. Ian, just, that was a little present there from your wife. You didn't know about it. But you and when you go give her a passion next time, when you want to get a little, just talk, you know what I'm talking about. You can say, hey, babe, I've got the goods for you. See? There you go. Giancarlo, the stallion, Nizemblatt. And he's given before as well. Yes. You got Marcus Dawes. Marcus Dawes. I thought Dawes Shark. You know, like okay. Dawes Jaws. Yes, yes. We could even go Jaws Jaws. Okay. Or the angry shark, Marcus Dawes. The, the, I like that, the angry shark. Nice. 
David Southall, he was on um, Camp in Kona and, da- and Dave Dwan gave him um, the nickname Lord Snowden. Dave Dwan went through and gave everybody nicknames. He gave him Lord Snowden. He wasn't too happy with that. He did, he, he Lord Snowden's pretty good. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't like that. So is it Snow Hall? He pro- I sent him an email yesterday thinking, you're probably going to like Dave's nickname better than, than the one I'm giving you. <laughs> I'm going Dave Turtle Southall. Back it up. They give money to us, John. They want cool nicknames. No, turtle. The turtle. I'm the turtle, man. I'm gonna. So the reason for that, he, he's a great photographer, and he, he took um, these amazing photos of some turtles. That was reason number one. Reason number two, he wore a camelback all the time, so he looked had a little bit of a turtle sort of back going on there. And then thirdly, he was a bit of a turtle in terms of his performance during the camp. He came in, he'd been on antibiotics, he'd been quite sick, yeah. and he really had to just build his way into the into the camp. Uh, he was No, he wasn't. He was a turtle, and he came. But he through, won the race, and he came through very strong only at the end so and he's coming back for next year so he's, he said he's he's just building nicely so go with turtle you can go with lord stone or turtle david or lord stone turtle or the or lord lord turtle lord turtle okay there we'll you go, go. There. okay um this is my last one david fish david the raging bull fish what about andrew weston i've got him as well but okay. don't worry david the raging bull Fish, like a bullfish. Right. See what I, did there? I see what you're doing there. Yeah, raging nice. bull. Nice. Paul McVeigh, McVeigh, DeLorean. Why? Well, I was just, McVeigh, the first time I read it, I just thought McFly, you know, uh, like Marty McFly, nice. Back to the Future, went to his athletes profile. He looked pretty fast in his picture. I thought, mate, you're a DeLorean. Yep, you're nice. going, going places. Okay, Andrew Weston, he is the mystery man. The mystery man, nice. Nice. And the last but not least, by any stretch of the imagination, Craig Nicholson used to be Craig Racerholic Nicholson because he used to race a huge amount. He doesn't race so much anymore, so we're giving him a new nickname. John. Secondly, because it was a significant. John, I think we would have used this one in the past. I don't care. Okay, well. You can't give two nicknames. You're going to have to add another word to it. Um, Okay, well, I went with Craig the Rock Nicholson because he was nice and steady and sturdy, and when he was on the camp in Kona as well. Um. What kind of rider is he? Just it's just good and steady all round. Okay, but the, let's go to a type of rock. The, the foundation. Rock. I'm not going to call you the fossil. Rock foundation. Yeah, rock foundation. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that one. No, <laughs> we'll come back to that one. Okay, we'll, you, we'll, we'll come with another. We'll have a third nickname option for you, Craig. Okay, you can choose the rock, but it's just, I'm pretty sure we would have used the rock's okay. a pretty obvious one. Okay. Sponsor Athlinks Yep Any of you guys feel free To use your nicknames on Athlinks Some people like to do that Some people do it on Facebook as well it's, it's We rocks. like that yeah. um, One of the things you can do on, on Athlinks Is uh, you can put in your calendar Events that are coming up So then people can see What you're doing You can put a bit of Smackdown talk You can put goal times out there So we've got Ironman France and, and to do that All you do is just put the event Under events Click to see if it's on Athlinks If it's a major event It should be there You can hit the little plus sign And then that adds it to your calendar And then you can go through the steps um, alternatively, if the not, event's not there, you create the event and then you can put it into your calendar. So this weekend we've got Ironman France coming up. We've got Lars Eric Gustafsson racing, and he's got a goal of 10:40. We've got James Dalton. We've got Patnik, Patrick Mermans going, going for a 12-hour race. Yusuf Osmani, um, and also got Richard Osborne racing. So there's some people that put their names up there racing Ironman France. So you can go up there, put it on your calendar. Likewise, then straight after the race, you can put your unofficial results up there as well. So get your what you're doing, and as soon as you've done it, get it up there as what well. What you're doing, when you've done it, tell your world about it. Put your mm. I Am Talk nickname on there. Whoa. Athlinks.com. Okay, sponsors. Athlinks.com. Yep. Coffees of Hawaii. Yep. 
and extreme endurance. Yep, we're in a hurry. We're in a hurry. We're really, this goes to be a this weekend. I've got the JD Duathlon first round Go coming JD. up. Not hopefully nice weather. What's happening in your world, Bevan? This weekend, I don't care. Next weekend, I'm going to Australia. Nice. Yes, going to move with John Superman ride. Watch out, here I come. Nice. Anyway, we've got to go because Scott Tinley's waiting for us. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.